Hello to all our listeners. Today we will be studying the seventh chapter of Al-Khut Halisa, Yibum Bahalisa. This chapter deals with the problem of many brothers to many Yebamot. We will see um, exactly what this means in the following chapter. Before we start the chapter, I will define a few things just to make the, the listing easier, um, especially for those who haven't heard the previous chapters. So, a, when I say Yebama or Zikukali Yibum, that's referring to a woman that her husband died um, without leaving any children, and um, uh, she needs what we call Yibum and Halisa, and that was explained in the first chapter. When I say Yabam with a Dagesh in the, um, in the masculine form, that is referring to the brother of the deceased husband who needs, who has the obligation to do Yibum or Halisa on this Yebama or Zikuka, the Yibum. Now, another last definition that I think is important to define before we start the, the two, two more definitions that I think are important. The first one is Irva. When we say a woman is Irva, what we're saying is that she is forbidden on to, to be with someone, to be married to somebody from the from scriptural law, and it is a serious transgression if she does, in fact, be with him. When we say Isurella Vu'aseh or Sheniyah, we're saying that the, the um, this woman is forbidden to marry from the oral law or from scriptural law, but by with a less, um, uh, but it's a less heavy transgression. So, with those definitions in place, let's start the, the following chapter. If there were two two brothers that were married to two sisters. And both sisters, both brothers died, but we don't know which brother died before. We don't know who died first. Because we cannot do Yibum on both of the, uh, the wives of these brothers, because they are sisters, and we can't do Yibum on, both, on two sisters, then um, uh, Halisa is done on both of the, of the, of the sisters. And even if one of them was only forbidden on the rest of the brothers from what we call or which are less serious transgressions, they still only do halisa and not yibum. However, if one of the wives was irva and one of the brothers of, of one of the brothers um for example like she was his, the mother of his of his wife then one of the that sister who was on him is completely forbidden for him to marry and therefore the other sister becomes allowed for him to marry and therefore if he wants to be holes he may and if he wants to do yibum he may because he has no connection no zika to this this allowed woman and therefore he only could do yibum on, he, he may do yibum on whichever one of them he wants now I must um, mention that the guiding rule for the Salakha is that when two sisters from two different men um, become Yevamot, becomes a Kotle Yibum, then they develop what we call Zika. They develop, they become in a certain, not Zika, they become in a certain sense like co-wives, even though they weren't wives of the same man, but because they're related in a certain way, um, and they both need Yibum, so they, they're like sort of like co-wives. Halakha 
האסורה לזה מותרת להחיב, והאסורה לזה מותרת להחיב, שאלה נפילה זיקת כל אח מהן על המותרת לו בלבד, ולסח עולה סלוע המותרת, ולא רצה מייבם. Now if one of the sisters was forbidden on one of the יבמים because of ערווה, and the other sister was forbidden on another one of the יבמים because of ערווה, we're assuming that there's two יבמים on each side. So in this case the יבמים that are, uh, the, each יבם, sorry, on, on each one of the sides, there's one יבם on each side, each one of them could do Yibum on the sister who is not Asuran because she is um, uh, the, the, the Zikah of the brothers is only on one of the women because once there's an Ayrva then the Zikah falls from that Ayrva entirely. So there were two sisters. One of the brothers is related to It cannot marry that sister at all. So he loses his Zikah to her completely and then we go to a case where he just has to do Yibum or Halisa on one woman um, regardless of her sister's situation, and therefore he could do Yibum or Halisa based on his um, desire. Halacha Gimel. Medihad min ha'achim v'nafela ishto li'yibum. Ra'akach metsheni v'nafela ishto sh'yachot ha'rishona li'yibum. Ra'reshet ehen kayamot sh'tehen cholesot v'lo mit'yabemot k'mo sh'be'anu. One of the brothers died, if one of the brothers died, and his wife became a zikuka li'yibum, and then another brother died, and his wife became a zikukalibum, and she is the brother, the, the sister of the first wife. Um, so, and, and both both sisters are alive. Both of them do halisa, and na'ibum, as was described in halacha alif. Now, I really don't know why this halacha is mentioned again, because it was already described in halacha alif. I do know the difference, I will point out the difference, but since the halacha is the same in both cases, I don't know why it was not mentioned in one halacha. Um, that would be a, a more in-depth investigation. I would need a more in-depth investigation to check that. Um, the difference here is that in Halakha Aleph, we did not know which husband of one of those sisters died first. Here we do know the order of the death of the husband, and nevertheless, um, the de- de- the designated Halakha is that they do Halisa uh, and Na'ibum, and therefore I ask, um, and if anybody has an answer, please post in the comments or um, send, send me a message or an email, um, why this is mentioned in a separate Halakha, if the Halakha is the same... In both cases. Now, if the sister that her husband died last passed away as well, then the first sister um, uh, that her husband died um, becomes just like any regular woman who her husband passed away. However, if the second, if the first wife died, then the last, the second wife, um, uh, still is forbidden to have halisar yibum done on her, and um, uh, she does halisar, sorry, not yibum. She cannot be do yibum, but she could do halisar because she was not from the time that she, her husband passed away. It was never a time in which she was fit for Halisa or Yibum, for Yibum, and she was always in need of Halisa because her sister died before her. And once her sister died and her husband needed Yibum, then the other sister who, who dies and her husband needs Yibum, she's only immediately called Halisa and not for Yibum, really. Also, if one of the brothers came without and not knowingly or knowingly on purpose did halisa to the to the woman to the sister who her husband died last, then the other sister becomes allowed on others because um, uh, once um, halisa was done on this woman, this this negative zikah of the, the sister who died who her husband died first 
dissipates. So also, if the first sister was Irvan, one of the brothers, and that brother who the first sister was Irvan to him, did you boom on the second sister that wasn't Irvan to him? That was muteret for him. The first sister was Irvan, that brother who already did you boom to the second sister, she becomes the first sister becomes muteret for the rest of the brothers because because the second sister who was asuran all of them um had yibum done on somebody that was mutar to her hence the first the brother was asur for the first sister even though this is in other words this is something you do from the get-go it makes it uh fixes the situation However, if it was the last sister, the second sister that was Asura, on one of the brothers because of Erevah, then that brother who she is um, forbidden to him because of Erevah, he does Yibum to the first sister, which he's allowed to marry. And then the rest of the brothers are this are forbidden on both of the sisters, and they do Halisa on the second sister and not Yibum, as was described in the al However, if the brothers, um, one of the brothers did Yibum on one of the sisters, that was, that even if she was muteret to him, um, not given the situation, he still, they have to divorce them. Now we have a more specific case. We have three brothers, that two of them are married to two sisters. Okay? So I'll give example. Um, we have three brothers, their name are Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben is married to Hogla, and Shimon is married to Milka. Hogla and Milka are sisters. So Shimon dies, and then Levi, who is unmarried, does a ma'amar on Milka, Shimon's wife. And this is mutar because he's allowed to be he's allowed to um do ibum on her because she's not um uh, forbidden on him. But then Reuven dies. Now both Hogla and Milka are zikukot leibum by Levi, and when we have two zikukot leibum that are sisters. It, it's posel, and then Levi um uh, wouldn't be isn't allowed to do ibum on either of them because they're both sisters. So what does Levi do? He gives a get to Milka, even though he did her a ma'amar already, he gives her a get, and then he does halisa on both of them. Because the ma'amar only, is only binding from oral law, while the... Um, uh, and in that case, then that's why they have to do halisa on both of them. Now we have a different case. We have the three brothers, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. And Levi, Reuven is married to Hogla, Shimon is married to Milka, Hogla and Milka are sisters, and Levi is married to Penina, and Penina isn't any of those women's sisters, she's a different woman, she's from a different family. So I'll read that, I'll continue the halakha. Ba'alata ma'amal pitura mina halisa mina yibum sharihi ahot ishto, ve'aisha ha'achilet ho'lesa ve'lomit yabemet shena ma'amal kone kinyan gamura chifthoret asara. So, in this halakha, Shimon dies, and Levi does a ma'amar on Milka, the wife of Shimon. And then Levi dies, so in this case Milka becomes Petura from the Halisa, because the only person that could do Halisa in this case is Reuven who is married to Milka's sister Hogla, and from the Ibum, also Milka is Petura because she's Ahot 
Ishto, she's the wife, the sister of someone's wife, is Petura from that someone's Yibum, even if he's the brother of her deceased husband. And then Penina, um, because she's not a sister of any of them, although um, normally we said that if one of the wives of Peturot, all the other co-wives of Peturot, in this case Penina, nevertheless needs Halisa uh, from Reuven. She's not allowed to marry Reuven because she was a co-wife of Penina, of Milka, who is Asura to Reuven by virtue of her being her sister. But nevertheless Penina needs Halisa. Right. Now, one of the brothers, somebody, did kiddushin on a woman that was the sister of a zekukali ibum. In other words, the sister of his deceased brother, of his deceased brother's wife. So we tell him, wait. Even though he did Kiddushin, even though these, um, he really has to do Yibum on, the sister, on this uh, woman's sister first, we tell him, wait, don't do Girushin, don't do Nisuin, don't divorce her, don't marry her, because Kiddushin is a premarital um, uh, contract, until maybe one of your brothers will do Yibum or Halisa to this woman that is Zikukat to all of you, to this um, uh, wife of, the sister of your um, fiancé. And if one of the brothers, in fact, did Halisa or Yibum, or the Yebama died, then this person who didn't who got engaged to the sister of the Yebama may um, marry her. However, if all of his brothers died, then he must um, uh, divorce his um, fiance with a get, and he must do halisa on his Yebama because he can't marry both of them because they're sisters. And he was already in a premarital contract with one of them, therefore he can't really marry the sister even if he wanted to. And he can't marry the one who had a premarital contract with because of his zikali yibum to the sister. However, if the um, fiancé of this man dies before, um, whether it was before the death of the brothers or after the death of the brothers, this yibama becomes allowed again and he may do yibum on her or halisa if he wants. So now we have three brothers. Now, again, I'll give their names just for example, just to make the example easier. We have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi are three brothers. Reuven is married to Hogla and Tamar. And Shimon is married to Milka and Miriam, and Hogla and Milka are sisters. While Tamar and Miriam, the other two wives, the other wives of Reuven and Shimon, aren't sisters; they're not family related. However, the Tamar and Miriam, the two other wives of Shim, Reuven and Shimon, Tamar is Reuven's wife, Miriam is Shimon's wife. Their co-wives, Milka and Hogla, are sisters, right? And both Reuven and Shimon die, and their wives. Hogla and Milka and Tamar and Miriam, the co-wives of their wives, become Zekukot Leibum from Levi. Levi is unmarried, he doesn't have any this. If Halisa was done on the co-wives, Tamar and Miriam, then the two sisters, Hogla and Milka, become Peturot. They don't need to do Yibum or Halisa, because as we said, the co-wives are always Peturot, Mina Yibum or Halisa, once one of the co-wives, once one of them does Yibum or Halisa. 
However, if he did halisa, if Levi did halisa to the sisters, then their co-wives did not become peturot, they did not become um, uh, allowed to mar- remarry until they do halisa. Because the halisa that is done on two sisters is what we call halisa she'inaha mi'ula. It's not a great halisa. However, halisa that is she'inaha mi'ula, however, right, and therefore, and halisa and, that's not mi'ula does not be poter, does not allow the co-wives to remarry, and therefore he has to do halisa on the co-wives. However, the halisa that is done previous, if it was done first on the co-wives, as explained earlier in the halakha, that's what we call halisa mi'ula, and therefore it permits the, the other wives, the sisters, the other co-wives who were sisters, to remarry. Halakha yod. And now Harambam is using a key phrase which he uses many times in the Mishnah Torah, Yera'eli. This is his opinion on the matter. This is his opinion on the Halakha. And it wasn't um, necessarily closed in the, Tal- in the Talmudic discussion in the Talmud. And therefore this is Harambam's own Pesach based on what he thinks the Talmud may be alluding to, but he is not, but he, he, he accepts that there might be a variety on Sdina. This is his Pesach on the Talmud in any event, um, but not directly from the Talmud. That's why it says Yira'eli. Shekach Adin, that the law is also with two Yibamot that come from one house, in other words, that were married to one deceased husband, and one of them is forbidden on her Yibam, on her Yabam, on her deceased husband's brother, um, because of, in Isur of Sheniyah, And again, I, I should have defined this at the beginning of the Shi'ur, but I'll define it now. Sheniyah, um, are a category of forbidation of a woman in marriage of a man, either from scriptural law in a less serious transgression, unlike Ayrva, which is a serious transgression, or in oral law, which is also a less serious transgression. So from now on, when I say Sheniyah, what I'm saying is that it's a less serious, less, it's a forbidation of less serious punishment for transgression, and therefore, um, uh, um, uh, it's less serious. And, and let's get back to our halacha. So, Haram is saying that it seems to him that when you have two Yibamot that come from one husband that was deceased, and one of them was um, forbidden on one of the brothers of a deceased husband from a less serious transgression, hence, in other words, Sheniyah. If the brother did halisa to that woman who was forbidden on him from this less serious transgression, the co-wives aren't permitted to remarry. However, if he did halisa, however, if he did halisa to the co-wife, then he um, uh, allow, then the other um, uh, women are allowed to remarry. Then the other co-wife, the the this the forbidden woman may remarry. This is another technical halakha with um, an example for a um, uh, situation in, in Yibum Bahalisa. So, we have three brothers. So we have three brothers that are that two of them are married to two sisters and one of them is married to a nochrit. Nochrit doesn't mean a goya, doesn't mean a non-Jewish woman. It means that she's not from the family of the sisters. She's not related to those two sisters. Now, 
just for the sake of example, to make the explanation easier, I will give names to these brothers, as I did in the previous uh, explanations. And again, I must say, these, these uh, examples are given in the Rabbi Yochai Makbili edition, which is a great edition to understand these halachot more in depth. So we have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Yeah? Reuven and their brothers. Reuven is married to Hogla, Shimon is married to Milka, Hogla and Milka are sisters. And Levi is married to Miriam, Miriam is Nishan Ochrit, she's not related to Hogla and Milka. Now, um, Shimon dies, and Levi did Yibum to Milka, the Zekukal Yibum of Shimon, the wife of Shimon. And then Hogla, um, and then um, uh, Hogla, the, the wife of Reuven, also dies. And now Levi also dies. So Hogla, the wife of Reuven, died, and Levi died. And now the two wives of Levi, of, uh, of sorry, of, um, uh, of Levi, Milka and Miriam, Milka that was the um, uh, wife of, the previous wife of Shimon, and Miriam was Levi's previous wife, but the previous wife of Shimon was then Yibuman by Levi. So now these all are in front of Reuven. Now Reuven has to do um, uh, Yibum on them. So what do we do? In other words, Reuven is the last brother that's alive, and Levi Levi's wives, Milka and Miriam, are alive. So what do we do? What, what is the situation? So Harambam explains. The first wife, these both wives are peturot, are um, exempt from halisa and yibum. The first wife, in other words, Milka, because she is the wife, the sister of Reuven's previous wife. And when the origin, and when her husband died, and originally when Milka fell for yibum, then she was completely um, forbidden on Reuven because she was the, the sister of his wife and therefore she was um, uh, she was she was forbidden on him forever because of uh, by virtue of her being the wife of his of, of the the wife of his brother just like that was explained in a pre in earlier halachot and the wife of Levi Miriam who was disconnect, disconnected from this family from the family relations of sisters of sisterhood here she was also petura because she was the co-wife of Milka who was, who was petura and we said that co-wives are poterot each other um, in certain situations also two brothers that are married to two sisters and one of the brothers died okay causing um uh, uh, one of the brothers dies, and now we have the t- his his wife, who's the sister of the second brother, needing yibum, and then the second brother's wife dies. So we have So we would you would think I'll give an example. So we have Shimon and Reuven. Shimon Reuven is married to Hogla, and Shimon is married to Milka. So Shimon dies, and now Milka, his wife, who is the sister of Hogla doesn't need Yibum, she cannot have Yibum or Halisa from Reuven because Reuven is married to, to Milka's sister Hogla and, and, and it is a sur, it is a forbidden from the Torah for uh, somebody to marry two sisters. So Milka is exempt from Halisa and Yibum. However, now Reuven loses his wife Hogla. So you might say, now that Hogla is dead, Reuven might, might still have to do Halisa or Yibum on Milka. But no, because at the time that Shimon, Milka's wife, died, Milka was exempt from Halisa and Yibum. Also forever, she becomes exempt from Halisa and Yibum. N- not even exempt, she becomes forbidden from Halisa and Yibum. And therefore, um, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the, therefore she is for, still forbidden. After the Uven's wife, Hogla, the sister of Milka, dies, 
because of that. אבל המגרש את אשתו והחזירה האומת, הרי זו מוטלת לאייה ב... However, somebody who divorces his wife and then returns her, in other words, he divorces her and then remarries her and then he dies, she is מוטלת ליבם, she is allowed to um, uh, have יבום done on her, ואף על פי ואף על פי שהרי נעשתה עליו בחיי אחיו בשעה שגירשה הרי חזרה להיתרה וכשמת אחיו בהיתרה הייתה עומדת. Because although somebody who divorces a woman, the divorce, the divorce sees this person's brother cannot, remar- cannot marry the divorcee. Somebody cannot marry his brother's divorcee, but once she remarried his brother, she went back to her original status of, um, namely that if her brother, her husband were to die, the brother of the deceased husband would have to do halusar yibum on her. הלכיות ג' קטנה שהסיעה אביה וגרשה בעלה וחזירה ומת ועדיין היא קטנה הרי זו אסורה ליבה מפני שגירושה גירושים גמורים שהרי אביה הסיעה ואין חזרתה חזרה גמורה שאין קידושי קטנה גמורים כמו שבאנו So a young girl under the age of 12 is allowed to get married um, her, her father may marry her off and when she's older she may do what we call מיעון she may um, uh, um, uh, decide that she, that she wants to annul this marriage. So again, I will, um, I, I was cut off here, I'm sorry. So we have a, a, a young girl who her father married her off before the age of 12. And so before the age of 12, um, the marriage of a girl before the age of 12 is not a um, full valid marriage by scriptural law. There's some, some differences in it, there's a discrepancy. And the, this girl that she was married before the age of 12, her husband divorced her and then he remarried her and then he died while she was still young she was still under the age of 12 she becomes forbidden on her deceased husband's brother the Yabam because her Gerushin were full Gerushin they were scriptural they were um, uh, binding from scriptural law and a Gerusha of a man a, a, a divorcee of, a ma- of someone the brothers are not allowed to marry their brother's divorcee however um, because the father is the one who married her off to this husband. However, when he remarried her, however, when, when this guy remarried, when this man remarried this, the, this girl that was under the age of 12, the marriage wasn't a full marriage because we say that the marriage of a girl under the age of 12, 12 is not considered a full marriage unless her father was to marry her off. And here in this case, the father didn't marry her off. He married her off once and then she was divorced. And then the second time before she turned 12, she remarried, but not by the consent, not by the full consent of her father and not by her full consent because the consent of a girl under the age of 12, we don't consider it to be full consent. And therefore, um, this is a precarious situation causing her to be exempt from Halisa and Yibum, not exempt, forbidden from Halisa and Yibum, just like a divorcee of a, uh, of, just like somebody's divorce, uh, somebody who divorces a woman, his brothers are not allowed to marry his divorcee from scriptural law. Also, somebody who divorced a woman and then returned her, but not in a full way, um, they're, like in this situation, like in this specific situation, um, they, they, the brothers don't need to do halisa or yibum on her. This is a very interesting law. Also, the same law is for somebody who divorced a woman that was fully um, lucid, and then she became hadesha. Then she lost her hearing. So, a woman that loses her ability to hearing, her marriage is um, not from scriptural law, but it's only valid from oral law. It's binding from oral law. So then he remarried her while she was only, um, uh, while she was Hayresha, while she became deaf. 
and the marriage, this remarriage is only from oral law considered a valid marriage, and he died, and her husband died, and he left her deaf. Now, shehi asura layabam, which is she is not allowed to re, not allowed to have yibum done on her by the uh, brother of her deceased husband because um, her gerushin were full gerushin. Her divorce was a full divorce from scriptural law. It was binding from scriptural law. However, her remarriage wasn't fully binding from scriptural law. It was binding only from oral law, and therefore the um, uh, divorce that trumps the divorce that was binding only from scriptural law trumps the marriage that came after it, and therefore the brothers are forbidden to do yibum on her. However, the co-wives of this little girl or the deaf woman have halisa done on them and not yibum. May do halisa or yibum. However, if in the situation here of this little girl or the deaf woman, after he remarried them, they, the girl grew in past the age of 12 or the deaf woman became um, fully lucid again, she was able to hear, then it is considered that their marriage was rebinding from scriptural law, um, thus considering the marriage a full marriage, thus making them also um, obligated to have halisa or yibum down on them and not exempt or forbidden from halisa and yibum like in the previous, like we described in these two halachot. Halachat so we have two brothers that were married to two sisters and both of those sisters were either below the age of 12 in which we said their marriage isn't a fully binding marriage from oral law from scriptural law or and they were able to do mi'un because they were below the age of 12 or they were hereshot or they were deaf which is also not a fully binding marriage and one of the brothers dies Okay, one of the brothers dies. Um, we'll, we'll say we'll, we'll give names to these brothers. We'll say one of the brothers is called Shimon uh, Reuven. One of the brothers is called Shimon. Their wives are, um, uh, their wives that are also sisters are Hogla and Milka. Reuven is married to Hogla, and Shimon is married to Milka. Okay, and both Hogla and Milka are either deaf or below the age of twelve. And one of the husbands dies. We'll say that Uven, for example, dies. And now he leaves his wife, Hogla, who's either below the age of 12 or deaf, to Shimon, who's married to Milka, supposedly needing Yibum or Halisa. Then, um, Hogla um, does not need Halisa or Yibum because Shimon is married to Milka, Hogla's sister. And we said that a sister, um, can, that uh, um, a husband, um, a man cannot be married to two sisters and therefore he's exempt from Halisa and Yibum. Also, if one of the sisters were big, were, were, one of them was above the age of 12, and one of them was below the age of 12, one of them was mature, one of them was not mature, and the one who, and, 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 and the husband of the, the below the age of 12 girl dies, then she also is exempt from Halisa um, because she's a hot isha, she's the sister of a woman. However, if the husband of the older woman dies, then we teach the young girl who is married to the brother of that husband to do mi'un, which is a sort of divorce. We described it in the earlier chapters. It's a sort of divorce. Once she goes above the age of 12, she may apply for some sort of divorce um, because she was married before she was 12, and now she's 12, which is the age of maturity, so we allow her to just to make her decision to keep the marriage or divorce, then she does that so that the elder woman could do yibum, her older sister, in other words. Okay, 
We have two brothers that are deaf, married to two, two sisters that are fully lucid, that are regular, that are completely regular, which their marriage is um, regular. Or that they were also deaf. Or one of them was deaf and one of them was lucid. One of them was lucid, one of them was deaf, sorry. Or also two deaf sisters that were married to two brothers that were lucid or um, uh, deaf, or one of them was lucid or one of them was deaf. And one of the brothers died. The wife of this, um, uh, the brother of the deceased of, of the wife of the deceased brother is exempt from Halisa Yibum because she's Achot Isha because she's a sister of the wife of her deceased husband's brother. And this is because um, uh, none of these people's marriage is a full marriage, so she's exempt from both Halisa and Yibum. And in all these halakha we see them being exempt from both Halisa and Yibum because it's not that it's not that she could have been done Halisa uh, it's not that them, uh, because their marriages aren't full marriages, they, it's, it's a different, it, the law is a little different. They become exempt from both Halisa and Yibum. They don't become forbidden. Um, that's at least the way I understood these halachot. And if anybody has a better explanation, I would love to hear it. Um, um, and please feel free to share. Halachayot Zayn. Shinayachim. Echad pikeach. Ve'echad hayresh. Nisu in lishta hayot pikeachot. Echad hayreshet ve'echad pikeachat. So we have two brothers. One of the brothers is Pikach, in other words, lucid, and one of them is Hiresh, in other words, he's deaf, and therefore his, his marriage isn't a fully binding marriage. They're married to two sisters, which are pikahot or that one of them was hireshit and one of them was pikahat and the pikahat is this, the wife of the the sister that's pikahat is the wife of the brother that's pikah and the um uh, the brother that is hireshit he dies and so his wife who's also hireshit is exempt from hadisa yibum because she's a hot isha she's the sister she's the wife of the deceased husband's uh, she's the wife, she's the sister of the deceased, uh, the deceased husband's brother's wife. If, however, if the completely lucid husband, the brother, sorry, that was married to the lucid woman dies, because his marriage between him and the lucid sister was a valid marriage, and the zikah, in other words, the connection between this deaf brother is a real zikah, in other words, the wife of the Pikea husband becomes the Gukali Yibum by the brother of this deceased husband who was Hiresh, who was deaf. However, the marriage of this Hiresh to the woman that is Hireshit is not a fully binding marriage from scriptural law. However, there, and again, I'll explain. However, his connection between the, 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 the sister of his, the wife of his deceased husband, who happens to also be his, his deaf sister's, his deaf wife's, Sister is a strong connection, is a scriptural law connection. He must give a get, a, a divorce contract to his wife, who's Hireshet, because their connection is a only oral law connection. Because her sister becomes However, 
However, there's an odd situation in which the wife of his lucid brother, who is also lucid, in other words, proper, uh, you know, functioning mentally in a proper manner, she becomes forbidden forever to remarry. Because her brother, the brother of this husband, cannot do halisa on her, and he cannot do, he cannot do ibum on her, because she is the sister of his previous wife, and he cannot do ibum on her, because um, uh, she is... And he, sorry, he cannot do Yibum on her because she's the sister of his previous wife. And he cannot do Halisa on her because he is Hadesh and Hadesh cannot do Halisa. It's a very weird, um, odd situation. And why is it that these two deaf people who were married, and by the way, deaf, I mean deaf and cannot speak, in other words, they were not fully mentally functioning, they be, they're not even um, uh, um, obligated with all the misvot, they're like, a, it's like a child who, who doesn't, who's not obligated to all the misvot, that the bedin do not have to um, uh, undo his, um, uh, it's like a child who eats nevelot, who Although it's forbidden, the Bedin do not have to take him away from these nevelot. Um, because Hachamim, the, the, the sages decreed that if this person, this wife of the brother who was lucid, in other words, the lucid couple, the brother and the wife, they were completely functioning mentally normally. She, if if we allow the non-lucid couple, the one who were the ones who were deaf, who weren't fully functioning mentally, to stay together, then the sister of this, um, uh, then the sister of the non-lucid woman, the non-lucid wife of the brother of the of her deceased husband, she will want to remarry somebody because she sees that her that her deceased husband's brother is married to her non non mentally fully mentally functioning sister. They're both non fully mentally functioning. And then she'll remarry somebody, and then people will say, oh, look, this woman, she was allowed to remarry this lucid woman, who her husband died, she was allowed to re remarry because her husband, her deceased husband's brother was married to her sister, and it is mutar. And then, people, and that's a mistake, and it's not true, because really, um, the deceased husband's brother was not fully functioning, was non was not fully functioning mentally, and he was married to a woman that wasn't fully functioning mentally, even though she was her sister. The kiddushin weren't fully binding, um, and therefore he must divorce his wife so that um, this um, the wife of his deceased brother beco um, becomes disallowed forever to remarry. Um, it's, it's a, this is a rather difficult case to understand, but I recommend listening to it if you, if you want to fully understand it. I recommend perhaps going back and re-listening to my explanation with the text in front of you. Also, two fully uh, two pikehin. Pikeh means fully fully functioning mentally, and hiresh means that they're not fully functioning mentally, that they're deaf, and therefore they cannot speak. So So two brothers that are pikehin that are married to two sisters. One of them is pikehat, and one of them is hiresheit. Met ba'ala if the husband of the Hireshit died, then the Hireshit becomes exempt from Yahadisa and Yibum because she's the sister of her Ahotisha. Met Bala Pikahat, Musit Ishtoha Hireshit Beret, Vet Eshetahib Bahadisa, Mipenshu Pikah, Vehola Halos. However, if the husband of the Pikahat dies, then the, um, uh, the, other, the other brother must divorce his wife, which is Hireshit, with a get because they're 
their um, the nature of their relationship isn't a fully binding one, and he must do halisa on the wife of his of his deceased brother, who happens to also be his um, his wife's sister, his previous wife's sister. However, of course, he can't do ibum because she is his deceased wife's sister. She is his previous wife's sister. Two brothers, which one of them was pikeh and one of them was hiresh. And the hiresh is married to two women that are pikehot. One of them is irva on the pikeh, on the other brother. There's another, there's another difficult to explain case. I will do my best to explain it as clearly as possible. So we have two brothers that are married. One of them is Pikah and one of them is Hiresh. And, and the Hiresh is married to two women that are Pikahot. And one of these women that are Pikahot is Irva on the brother of, the, of her husband who is also Pikah. And the Hiresh, the brother out of the two brothers, the brother that was Hiresh that was married to the two Pikahot dies. Both of his wives, work, both co-wives, are peturot. Why? If the marriage of... Now we know that a Hiresh man who was married to a Pikahat woman, the marriage is a safek. We're not sure if it's a full, fully binding marriage from scriptural law or not. So we'll say like this. If the marriage of the Arva on the brother was a fully binding marriage to the brother who was... We have, right, there's, there's one brother that she's Arvan that she didn't marry, of course. She married the brother of this person, who is Hiresh. So if we say that their marriage was a fully binding marriage, then the second woman is her co-wife, and therefore she's Petura. And if we say, however, if we say that the marriage of this Arva was not Nisuim, also, um, the Nisuin of her co-wife wouldn't be Nisuim, because by virtue of marrying, by virtue of marrying Hiresh, if, if we say that the marriage, in the case that, the, the safek would turn out to be that the Hiresh that marries a woman is not really a fully binding marriage, and not really a marriage at all, then they are both peturot from Halisa and Yibum in any event. It's rather difficult to, to explain halakha, but again, I'm hoping that if somebody really wants to understand, they could re-listen and they will understand. However, if the daughter of um, uh, if someone's daughter, which was Hiresh, was married to, and he was also Hiresh, was married to his brother, who was not Hiresh, was Pikeah, then their, their, the co-wife of this Hiresh brother um, does Halisa and not Ibum, because the Nisuin of a Hiresh aren't full Nisuin. Uh, I'll explain. We said that one of the wives in the, in the Palachakaf, now we're in Alachakaf, we said one of the wives in Alachakaf, who were both pikhot that were married to the brother of to the Hiresh brother of a pikah man? We said one of the pikhot wives were Irva to this pikah man. A case of Irva, the cases of Irva are various. However, if this is a case of Irva in which the daughter of this wife was married to the pikah brother and she was Hireshit then this Irva is the type of Irva which causes the case to be that the co-wife of the Hiresh brother does Halisa and Ibum because the Nisu'in of the Hireshit aren't Nisu'in Gemurin. This is a, 
Um, I hope I explained this clearly. I hope it was understood again. Uh, now we're going to be seeing the guiding rule for all of the previous halachot. For all the previous halachot with two sisters. In any place in these halachot where we said two sisters who married ex, uh, these two men that are two brothers or whatever, what we mean is it could be two sisters or a woman and her daughter or a woman and her daughter's daughter and anything like that. In other words, any two women that their relationship is a problematic relationship in regard to the brothers marrying them, re, uh, marrying both of those women. <laughs> the guiding rule here is that both of these women are what we call Irva one on another, and therefore one man cannot be married to both of them at once or ever. And in any place that we said the, 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 the sister of his wife or the sister of his Yebama, it could be either the sister or the mother or the daughter. The, the guiding rule is here, one of the relatives that are Irva to her. And with this we concluded this chapter, chapter 7.